Welcome to the Epic Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Carol Walker. Each week, I get to talk to amazing women about their epic adventures in motherhood. I'm so glad you joined us. I hope you enjoy the show. I am so excited to welcome my friend Michelle Penton to the show today. Michelle and I have met through homeschooling. She runs the school that my children have taken co-op classes from, and she has taught my children English and, frankly, helped them get into college because they're literate. So I'm super excited that Michelle can join me on the show today. We talk about a lot of things, but I think that you will find an underlying message of faith and love in all that we visit about. One of my favorite things that we talk about is that she said the most influential and rewarding thing is to be a mom. And we also talk about how moms set the tone of the home and that um, when their heart is peaceful and happy, it makes the whole house peaceful and happy. So I just loved our conversation and I'm sure you will too. Here's my conversation with Michelle Penton. Welcome to the Epic Mom Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have my friend Michelle Penton join me. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. So we've known each other for a few years, and um, our paths have crossed through homeschooling. So that's how I know you. But um, why don't you introduce yourself? Because there's a lot more to you than a homeschool mom. What else you got going on? Sure. Okay. So I'm Michelle Penton. I am a former public school teacher. I'm the administrator of LifeGate Academy. I am the Alabama District Ladies Secretary for Ladies Ministry for our church. I am a pastor's wife and a music director for a wonderful church family, but I think my most important job and role is um, wife to my husband, Kendall, and mother to my now three grown children, Colby, Cameron, and Kyla. And then I have a beautiful daughter-in-law, Kaylin, and now Grammy to a beautiful bundle of Joy Cohen. Oh, I love that. All right. So let's start off with the very best, which is talk to me about being a grandma because I'm a little anxious. I'm at the I'm at the stage of life where I'm watching my children launch out into the world and feeling a little bit sad, frankly, to let them go on with their lives, not live in my home all the time. So I'm hoping that the grandbabies are the big paycheck on that. So what are your thoughts? Absolutely. A grandbaby is the big paycheck. Um I just, there are just no words to describe what you feel. A friend of mine um, described it best. She told me before my grandson was born, she said, you just wait. You love your children, but you are in love with those grandbabies. And I think that sums it up because that little bundle of joy is just precious and perfect. And just every moment that we have with him is just so wonderful. We love it. Well, and really, I guess, as the grandparent, you get all of the benefit without any of the work, right? So that's kind of amazing. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that part's they, great. He screams for a bottle, we hand him back to mommy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And how is it watching your son be a dad? You know, it's just like the most rewarding thing ever because, um, you know, even though he's been married for several years and, you know, has been on his own for several years, it's, I don't know, I guess I never just really saw him, you know, 
quite the way that I see him as a dad and just that transformation and, and seeing the man that he has become and just how much he loves his wife and he just, you know, loves that baby. It, it is just the most amazing, rewarding thing that you can imagine. You just feel like, wow, we made it. <laughs> that's, that's what we've been working for all along, you know? Yeah, because when you're in the middle of it, you don't, you don't feel that, right? You're not sleeping right. and you do nothing but, you do nothing but laundry and dishes, it seems sometimes. Absolutely. But I had a conversation with um, my youngest, Samantha, today. I'm making a quilt for a friend who's having her first baby. And my daughter had said that she's like, well, I told grandma not to make a quilt for the baby shower because you are and um, and, you know, the baby only needs one quilt. And I just laughed. I'm like, babies need more than one quilt. She's <laughs> like, why? Why do they possibly need more than one quilt? I'm like, because they're going to get one of them dirty. They're going to throw up on it or poop on mm. it or something. And then you're going to need another. And guess what? You're going to need another one after that, too. This is what it is to have a baby around. And but, that's um, funny to watch, you know, been funny for me to watch Colby and, and Kaylin, especially navigate parenthood. And, you know, they had all the books and they were so prepared. And my husband and I would just sit back and think, oh, honey, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and they're finally getting to that point where they're like, yeah, <laughs> this is real. Like, this is something It's different every day. There's something different every day. And how old is the baby? He is almost three months old. Oh, that's so such a precious are, time. Yes, we are loving it. So did you always want to be a mom growing up? Um, you know, I don't know that I did. I know. I mean, I guess somewhere it was always in the, the back of my mind. Um, I had really, you know, big dreams of, I don't know, being... Um, I, at one time I thought I was going to be a lawyer and, you know, that career woman and everything. But, um, you know, as you grow older and the, you know, I think the Lord just kind of starts touching your heart and you realize when you start seeking his will, he, you realize that being a mom is the greatest thing you can do. It's, it's the most influential and rewarding thing that you can do. And, um, when I became a mom, I waited till I, I thought I was ready. Um, my husband and I waited five years before we had our first child. And um, we were ready. We were ready to just dive right into this parenthood. And just it just became everything. Nothing else mattered at that point. I was like, yes, this is my job. This is what I want to do. I, I eventually, um, it didn't take me long. I only taught school for two more years um, after Colby was born and then that was it I came home and I've been home ever since wow how did you how did you juggle that with um with being a mom and teaching full-time well I was very blessed that a beautiful lady she's just a beautiful soul from my church was also my neighbor and so it was just to be able it was hard to leave, you know, that infant with someone else because I had to go back to work when he was eight weeks old. And it was so hard, but knowing that I was leaving him in the care of someone with, you know, my same values. And she was a wonderful mom. 
she had a four-year-old at the time and just knowing that that he was in good hands but um she was so precious not to ever tell me anything he did a lot of things the first time with her and she never even to this day she has she never said. confirmed oh no she will she still won't confirm it to this day and he's 25 you know and um, oh, that's but, that's very generous because she knows yes. that a, a mom needs to see those herself yes. the first time. I love that. But it was it was hard, and um, by the time um, after I had been working, Colby was like two, two and a half. Um, we decided to have our second child, and that's when we decided that I just you know really really wanted to be home with them. And at the time, it just worked out well because we felt you know um, a change in our ministry and. And so it just all worked out well. That's awesome. So has your husband always been a pastor? No, no. He was um, first and we were just lay people in our local church. And then um, we worked with children and I, I've always been involved in the music. But um, then we got this amazing opportunity to be youth pastors in Oklahoma City at a church and that's really where our ministry um just kind of took off and we when we left Oklahoma City uh we evangelized a little bit and then we came here to start the church here in Madison nice that's awesome so I think you bring up a good point that like being a working mom it's difficult to you, you, you got to have helpers, right? Who's going to watch the baby while you're away. And Mm -hmm. what a gift that you had your neighbor. I did a similar thing when, um, the first year that Jacob was, well, I guess the first two years I worked and helped James put James through grad school and worked. And one of us was always with Jacob. Um, but neither of us were ever together with Jacob. So we just worked our schedules out so that he was, he was with his dad while I worked and with me while James was in school. And, We kind of, from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., we kind of saw each other, but mostly we were both asleep because we were exhausted. But um, you kind of just make it work, right? Oh, absolutely. There's no perfect scenario. No, I don't think so. And I, but I think, you know, it's important to realize that you can't do it by yourself. It's a team effort. And if if that team is your spouse or your neighbor or a, a paid professional, like it's a team, it's a team effort to raise children. Um, yeah. Even, even when you're a full-time mom at home too. Mm-hmm. Um, so what made the transition from, so you're now you're home taking care of babies. Were you always going to homeschool or what made that happen for you? Um, it's very interesting that when I was actually in college um, at the University of Southern Mississippi, um, my professor assigned each one of us in our, um, it was like a methods course, and he assigned everybody a type of, you know, education, you know, like a, a way of educating children. And he just so happened to assign me Charlotte Mason. And, oh, I know how ironic is that. And I just dug in for a whole semester um, studying Charlotte Mason's way of teaching and and that kind of thing. And I even incorporated that as a public school teacher with high schoolers when I when I taught English in the public school. But it planted a seed in my heart. And my husband uh, was not 
for it at all. <laughs> oh. He did not want us to homeschool because his only experience with homeschoolers had not been positive at all. He had such a negative view. But um, so rather than bug him about it, I just started praying about it. And I knew that if it was something that we were called to do as a family, that the Lord would speak to my husband, you know, and, and he would be okay. <laughs> I wouldn't have to. I would just, you know, I knew that yeah. it couldn't just be my thing, you know. Oh, and no. so um, yeah. when Colby was, I guess, about, well, he, we, at this point, we had moved to Oklahoma City and we actually enrolled them into public school. Um, Colby did K-4, K-5 in first grade in public school. But um, by the end of his first grade um, year, they were trying to, it, it were kind of in a difficult situation where, you know, Cameron was going to be at one school and Colby was going to be at another school. And we were at our end of the year conference with our public school principal. And the principal actually asked me, they were wanting to send Colby downtown to the math and science school. And that was not going to work. I was expecting Kyla and you know, it was just a lot of moving parts. And, and he asked me, he said, have you ever considered homeschooling? Well, that was just my validation. And my husband was just like, looked at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's amazing that a public school principal said that. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's very cool. And so from that, um, he agreed. He said, well, let's just talk about it. And um, it was really interesting. Um, the University of Oklahoma, OU, had um, that summer, I don't know if this is something they always do, but they had a training seminar for homeschoolers. And I went for about three days and and my husband went with me when he could. And it was just such a, an enlightening, um, eye-opening experience. And um, it really helped, you know, it helped him to be more comfortable. And, and then, I mean, by the end of that, he was like, okay, we can do this. And, and we did. And so um, we pulled the boys out of public school, which Cameron was just in K-4, which is required in Oklahoma. But um, Kyla has never been to public school. She was homeschooled the entire time. Wow. So. Yeah. So I never, I never thought I would be a homeschool mom. But it just kind of evolved into when our oldest was heading into middle school, and our middle daughter was finishing up kindergarten, and then we had two more at home, and so that's when we started homeschooling. So my youngest two have never been to public school, and I don't think homeschooling is for everyone. Would you agree with that? I do. I think that every family has to just really, you know, think about and, and prayerfully consider what's right for each individual family, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because it's a big commitment. So you got to be, you got to be super mm -hmm. committed. <laughs> you got to yes. know that it's going to work for you. But anymore, especially with this. Um, so we're recording this episode during the pandemic and a lot of people are getting ready to start back to school. And there's a lot of conversations happening about doing school online at home or homeschooling or, um, you know, what that's going to look like to keep kids healthy and safe. And um, so I think we may see more conversations happening about homeschooling. Have you, have you seen that with your being the um, director of the LifeGate Christian Academy? Yes. I, I've been getting a lot of calls, especially um, last week. And even today, a lot of calls because people just, 
are so unsure. You know, it, it's this whole idea of how, what is school going to look like when they go back to public school? And, you know, I taught in that world and I loved it, you know, but I can see this and just hear the fear and the trepidation of parents that I'm dealing with because they're like, am, am my child going to have to wear a mask? Is, you know, how are we going to yeah. do online schooling? How is this going to work? And so I'm just seeing a lot more people very interested, you know, if we're going to be doing virtual school at home, why not have the complete freedom of homeschooling? So right. I think that's right. what a lot of people are dealing with right now. Yeah. And those are big decisions to make because it is, it is, um, it's one thing to do virtual school at home and that's got its own merits. And, mm-hmm. but then to take on the whole responsibility of tracking the curriculum and the out, you know, the output of the student and assigning assignments and all that and really right. homeschooling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but there's so, aren't we blessed to have so many different opportunities of, of things we can choose to do? I think it's oh, amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And there are so many resources, so many resources for families to figure out how to educate their child, everything from public to private to home. Right. It's awesome. So talk to me about your youngest is about to launch into the world and you're about to be an empty nester. So how are we feeling about this? Well, it's been, um, it's interesting that my husband seems to have, um, he's having a much more difficult time than I am. I think, but, um, <laughs> it, it's just strange, you know, um, knowing that I, I don't think that I can really wrap my mind around that in 30 days, it's just going to be the two of us here. So <laughs> I haven't quite got that far, but, um, it's challenging. You know, I think every stage of parenthood has its own challenges, but of course it's own rewards and blessings as well. And I think that the challenge right now, because, you know, we did get um, our youngest to stay at home for a year just to kind of make sure that she really wanted to do this path that she's, you know, feels that she wants to go on. And, um, but in this year, I think the, the coolest thing that I've had to come to grips with is transitioning that role. Of course, you know, our children always need mom. They always need dad. But I think especially as homeschool moms, we're so intimately involved in their lives. We know all of their friends. We, you know, we kind of coordinate everything around school and church and family. And then all of a sudden, sudden our kids are doing that, coordinating on themselves and they're making their own decisions. And it's just, I think the most challenging part is just trying to figure out that balance you know um and you just pray that and and hope and pray that you've given them the tools that they need to make good decisions because you know ultimately you know that's our goal is that we just our kids become you know they have their own you know walk and they they serve god and in their way and of course you if they do that then we know that they're going to be good citizens and they're going to be good stewards and respect themselves and respect others and have compassion for other people. And, you know, that's really the ultimate goal and their career path and different things like that sometimes can just become stuff, you know, and we can sometimes lose sight of the ultimate goal, you know? 
And so I guess yeah. that's probably the, the biggest challenge right now is just find, trying to figure out what my role is, how much, um, Ky, you know, my daughter, Kyla, has, I've, she's really needed me, you know, throughout her life because early on she had a lot of health issues. And, and so now that she's you know, about to leave, it's just trying to figure out, okay, what's that role? And, and I understand kids are at that point where they're needing to spread their wings and we want them to do that. Yeah. But uh, it's just hard to try to figure out exactly what that spot is like for a mom. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It it really is. I had a mm. I had an interesting opportunity this summer. So my son is he's going to be 23 in a few weeks. So he's he's a grown up. He has lived outside of my home since he was 18. He's aside from one summer, he's never lived at home on an extended period of time since he was 18. And so he's had a lot of life experience of, of adulting, right? And this wow. summer, he really had some challenges with the job that he was doing during the summer. He really, he really hated it. And yet he needed the money, but it was, it was really difficult for him to emotionally to stick with it and to mentally gear himself up for all that he had to do with this job. And, um, and he called me several times a week. And the role I took was I was, I was cheerleader. That was my role. Mm -hmm. I just was the cheerleader for all good things that, um, that he was trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, and I was a sounding board listening to him discuss different options of what he could do differently, how he could navigate the stresses of this job, how he could potentially find a different job, <laughs> deciding to stick with the job, you know, and everything in between. And um, I think you, I think you're right. Like that is maybe one of the biggest challenges as our kids hit young adulthood, even older teen, but then definitely young adulthood as they're leaving um, our nest, so to speak, is, is where, what is our role exactly? Because it's not, the, it's not the same. We are not the coordinator of schedules. Mm -hmm. We're not the, the laundress or the cook, or the chauffeur, or any of those other roles that we're very comfortable doing when they're young, and to figure out what is what is our role and what is our place. But I think, and, and I, I think you'd agree, but if we have built a kind of relationship with our kids when they're young and in through their teenage years, then when they're 23 and they're struggling, they can call and we can be their cheerleader and be still a active role in their part, an active role in their lives, right? Absolutely. I read a book called um, Doing Life with Your Adult Children by Jim Burns, and that really helped me to get some focus, you know, because, you know, I just, I think I had a harder time um, seeing Kyla as an adult. I mean, she works 40 hours a week and is doing fabulous and saving her money to help pay for her schooling and all of that. I mean, she's just doing a wonderful job, but um, it just took me a little bit longer to to see her as an adult than it did for the boys. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's just that protective mom and you want to protect, you know, your daughter. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know. It's like the protection thing or maybe just being the youngest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just maybe and, and maybe just a combination. And um, that book really helped me um, just to kind of step back and and say, hey, you know, this is what I've raised her to do. This is what my husband and I have spent the last, you know, 18 years of her life focused on getting her ready for this day to where, um, you know, 
let you know her doing mission trips that was a big thing you know that you know she went to France without us and of course I was just nervous the whole time she was gone (laughs) and had no reason to be because she was um you know she she was able to navigate everything she needed to navigate and she was with you know great people but I guess it's just being that youngest and you know being a daughter and, and just worried you know about things but I guess you know and now I know that I feel very confident that she's going to be just fine going to school and <laughs> yeah, but it I'll is, just have to... you, you do worry. You wonder, mm-hmm. my husband and I were just having a conversation last night. I was feeling a lot of anxiety. Our 18 year old, that's still at home has had some new experiences in in friendships and relationships. And I was like, I was freaking out, frankly, because it's um, really because she's making life decisions and mm-hmm. they're all about her her making them and I have less of a role in I just am hoping that I've taught her properly so that she can be navigating the world and I I would have thought that her being the third child of mine to go through this stage of life I would have been I would have been more prepared but I still had myself found myself like okay have we covered this topic does she know about this topic have we already discussed this and Where's her self-esteem at and where's her relationship with God at and all of these things in between, just mm-hmm. making sure, you know, that all the bases are covered before you send them out there in the wild world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I totally get it because I think that, um, especially as homeschool moms, that we've been so intimately involved with our children, we, we see the all of those distinct differences between our kids. Um, I think Tyla summed it up best a few days ago. She was like, my mother had three only children. And I was like, you know, that makes sense, even though they're all, you know, best buddies. But, but you do, you, you raise each individual child. You don't raise them all to, you know, as a lump sum, you know. And so it does, it, it is different with each each child and, and you know, yeah. what kind of challenges that he or she is going to face and that kind of thing. But I think that's a, yeah. quite a compliment to be told that you've raised three only child, only child children, whatever mm-hmm. you said, like mm-hmm. um, your children must feel like they really received one-on-one attention and love from you and didn't really have to share you in a way. A lot of larger families sometimes do. I think that's really cool. That's quite a compliment, Michelle. I think I that's neat. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that's neat. So what is on the horizon for you? Because I learned several years ago that I was over mothering my children. And so for several years, I have made a conscious effort to be a little bit less available for tasks I knew they could do themselves and therefore should. And so I've picked up some old hobbies and dusted them off and have been busy doing some of my own interests in an effort to not be the hovering mom (laughs) in their, (laughs) in their teenage years and letting them be a little bit more independent. That's what I had to do. I had to come up Mm -hmm. with something to take up my time. So I wasn't constantly in their business. Um, So then I'm hoping, I'm hoping that in the next sadly four years is all I have left with my children in my home for the youngest turns 18 And I'm hoping that by then I'm going to be okay because I'll have all of these interests and hobbies that I'm enjoying. Are you doing any of that? I am. Um, I have several things that I want to accomplish. I um, actually want to 
um, published some curriculum. You know, all these years I've been teaching oh, um, you'd be students and I, I just want to publish some curriculum and share that. Just some insights, trying to make English and writing essays a little bit easier and less complicated for, you know, future students. And uh, um, one of the things you would that be great are... at that, Michelle, I highly recommend you do that. I'm encouraging. <laughs> I'm back here being your cheerleader on that one, because I think well, that you would be excellent at that. You keep me posted when you get that printed up. Uh, absolutely. That, so that's, a, that's something that I hope to work on. Um, and then long term, we are really considering um, opening a um, either a full time private school with our church um, for families or possibly a, a hybrid type school where you, you know, homeschool part of the time and, you know, come yeah. to, you know, kind of a lot like what we've been doing with our classes that are at LGA, but just a little bit more involved. And so that's just something that I'm researching right now and, and just thinking about that. And of course, you know, I'm a pastor's wife and um, I am in, involved in ladies ministries and different things so I'm just you know really really busy all the time anyway so um, you're gonna hardly notice yeah right? <laughs> well except that it's going to be very quiet at night when it's just the two of us <laughs> yeah for sure for sure so wh- what kinds of things do you feel like you've done over the years that is going to make it okay for the two of you to be just the two of you we were very blessed very early in our marriage to have a mentor um, who um, a husband and a wife team who ultimately became um, our lifelong mentors. And, um, but they were our pastors and, and they really encouraged us to always keep our relationship strong, to keep our friendship strong, to always do things that just the two of us, and always put each other first. And I think that even though it's hard when you're right in the throes of raising children, boy, it is hard to put your marriage first sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. But we have tried very hard, not always succeeded, but tried very hard, especially being a pastor and, you know, not only having our own children, but, you know, having that responsibility, you know, of the church. And, of course, you know, we are building a physical church as well as, you know, a church body. Um, so I think that's been the advantage that we have really, really worked hard to try to keep our friendship strong and our marriage strong. And I think that we're actually going to really enjoy just having time together. That's so nice. <laughs> you know, yeah, we, we hope to. You know, there are some things that we've not been able to do because we've had children and, and uh, not that we regretted it at all. It's just all of a sudden you're thinking, well, I haven't thought about that. I really would like to go there. Why don't we plan on that? You know, right, so, right. There's some mission yeah. trips that we've talked about doing just the two of us that wouldn't have been conducive bringing our whole family. And so we're hoping down the road that maybe we can do some of those as well as you know, continuing to pastor the church here. So, Yeah, I think that, I think you're right, though. You have to, even though it's difficult to not be completely consumed with little people in your home, you have to mm-hmm. focus on the fact that they're not going to be there forever. 
that you are working yourself out of a job and Mm -hmm. that you are, you really want to be able to be just as in love and hopefully more with your spouse than when you started the the whole children thing. Absolutely. And And it does take some effort. Yes. It does. Yeah. Um, someone told me, um, before we got married, um, and I will never forget it, that if people worked every day, as hard to stay married as they did to get married, there would never be any divorce. And that just kind of stuck with me. I was like, yeah, that, you know, that is so true. And I've just kind of kept that as my motto to just, I'm just going to keep working at my marriage every day to try to make it better, you know, and we all go through everybody. Life happens to everyone. You know, we go through seasons and, and, and phases and heartaches and trials and difficulties and happy times and sad times. But, you know, all of that together, as long as you're together and weathering that storm together, you know, you just, you come out of it stronger and closer and just more determined not to become a statistic, you know? Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. So what kind of encouragement could you give to a mom with a bunch of little kids and a husband that's busy taking care of other families in his pastor role? Because you mom, know you've had that day, right? Oh, yes. Absolutely. More than once where you could have used <laughs> some reinforcements. And while you were super glad that your husband's helping other people, you could have used his help at home. So what kind of encouragement could you give that mom? Absolutely. Well, I think, um, first of all, you have to keep yourself focused. Um, sometimes as moms, we get so tired just doing all the little things that we do that we're not really taking care of ourselves. But, you know, the old saying, if you, if you can't take care of yourself, you certainly can't take care of other people. And I would say to, first of all, of course, you know, keep your devotion and your, your, your time, your relationship with God. Um, strong because that will help you through those times where, um, you know, you feel like your husband is really giving out to other people and you just wish you had some time with the pastor. You know? Right. And then they're like, can I have an appointment with the pastor, please? But, but then ultimately just realize that he couldn't do what he does in the way that the Lord has called him to do if he didn't have me. And, and, you know, to really understand that role as helpmate mm-hmm. and just realize that what you do is not in vain. You're not competing for, um, you know, there's no competition here for attention and that kind of thing. And always make your home a home that he wants to come home to, a place that is his refuge. And that has, I was older when I was um, a young lady that, that was important if my husband was going to be in ministry to that it was important that my house my home was his safe place that it was his refuge where he could just walk in and leave everything else outside and um that's what I've tried to really hard and I would encourage you know someone to do that because that's really what it's all about that when he is able to walk in your house it's that safe place and he can relax and you can all just knit together as a family. And there've been times in our lives where that 
that time might have only been an hour a day, but it was still a special time. And um, I look back on our lives and I think some of the times when my children were little and I, I remember times where he was gone a whole lot, but my kids don't remember that. They talk about the adventures they had. You know, remember that time dad did this? And in my mind, I know that dad was squeezing out an hour of a day just to go do whatever right. that was, you know, but right. just, just that, take care of yourself, keep your relationship with God strong and make your home a refuge for your family. Cause in, in reality, as you make it a refuge for your family, it's a refuge for yourself. And so Absolutely. That's, that's good for everybody. It's not, you're not just doing it for the members of your family, it, it blesses the whole family, including yourself. I love right. that. There, that's great. That's great counsel. That is there, great counsel. There's something we always tell, or I tell young um, wives or young ladies who are about to get married, and that is that the mother really is the heart of the home. The wife is the heart of the home. So we have to keep our hearts pure and 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 clean and 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 focused, and that really helps all everyone it benefits everybody because you know we control the atmosphere of our home yeah so yeah the similar saying that I've heard is that mom sets the tone of the home absolutely and and that goes right along with that and I and I see that in my own life if I'm frantic and irritable gosh nothing goes very well because everybody else is frantic and irritable exactly speak calm and peaceful and cheerful it just changes the entire the entire atmosphere so yeah and you and you wouldn't necessarily think you have that much power but I think as a mother in the home you really do and so then use that power wisely and if you can just put a smile on your face even if you're not feeling it it just changes everything in the house absolutely absolutely yeah for sure well, Michelle, you are a wealth of wisdom, and I am so thankful that you had some time to share with me today, because I know you're a super busy lady, and so thanks for sharing all of your thoughts and your ideas about being a mom. Thanks for being an epic mom. Well, thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Didn't you just love that conversation with Michelle? She's the greatest. I can just feel the peace and happiness radiating from her. I sort of am excited about becoming a grandma now. So I'm very excited about that part that she talked about. I loved the, the idea of identifying the different transitional areas in mothering um, with our kids. And if we look at it that way, I think that it makes it easier as they grow and learn and want to spread their wings more that we can kind of adapt and change in our mothering with our children. And I just loved that so much that she shared that idea. Um, I hope that you gained as much as I did from this conversation and hope you go out there and make it an epic day. Tune in next week when I visit with my friend, Alicia Mayfield. She's an elementary school teacher. We talk about the transition of being a full-time mom to going back to work outside the home. We talk about raising young adult kids and potty training and everything in between. You won't want to miss it.